Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Matt Verderam with me. It's always good to talk to you, especially on this day, you know, the day after week one wraps up. Um, thank you for being here, Jarrett Bailey, with you as always. This is the pump fake. Um, there's a lot to get into. We'll get into that rocket-propelled grenade of a Steelers-Bengals game. Um, just an ungodly situation in, in Denver last night with clock management at its finest. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. Last couple of days have been a lot of work, but uh, I, I enjoyed the games. I, I bet if you're in Denver, you want to throw yourself out a window on Monday. Uh, but uh, otherwise, good. We'll start with your Chiefs, though. Um, you and I talked in a space about the Cardinals-Chiefs game. Um, I think we were both kind of on the same page. We thought you know, the Chiefs would put up points. I think we thought it would be a lot closer than what it was. Um, what happened at Arizona, first of all? And uh, look, man, you said it all offseason. For anybody that would listen, is that, yeah, the Chiefs are still probably the second-best team in football. And everybody, including yours truly, was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll see. We saw. From, from every, uh, every standpoint, they looked, they looked pretty okay. They have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and a great offensive line. They're going to score a lot of points. People put way too much stock into all this other stuff. They just do. Like, it, it, it matters that Tyreek Hill's not there, but it doesn't matter. Like, it matters, and it will matter at times. But they're going to move the ball regardless, and that's what they did. They went up and down the field. Arizona, listen, let's call it what it is, too. Arizona's defense is not good. They're missing a few guys. Okay, so that's also got to be factored in. But do I think it would have mattered if Antonio Hamilton and J.J. Watt had put? No, I don't. I, I don't think it would have mattered. So, I mean, look, they still have Kelsey, who went for over 100 yards. They ran the ball for 4.7 yards in attempt and over 120 yards. Mahomes was 30 to 39 for 360 and five touchdowns. And it was easy for them. And, and if they didn't pull their guys in the fourth quarter, they could have scored 60. So, I mean, look, they, no, he's probably high 50s, but they, they were dominant. They did everything you could have wanted to see uh, out of an offense. And then defensively, until garbage time, they gave up seven points. So they, they played very, very well. You couldn't have asked more of either side. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was in peak Patrick Mahomes form. Um, I saw in the month of September, he hasn't lost, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. He's lost once. He's never lost uh, once. He lost last year in Baltimore. He's never lost an opening day game. Okay. And I believe in – he's been really – this be his fifth year as a starter. In five opening day games, he's 5-0, and, oh, and I think he's thrown 18 touchdowns with no picks. And zero picks. Okay, that's the stat that I saw. So yeah, that's – You don't want to play them on opening day. I mean, and look, some of that is Mahomes. Some of that's also Andy. Like, some of that is just they are so prepared out of the gate. You know, it's the same reason, like, they were talking on the during their pressers uh, on Monday that they've been preparing for this Chargers game since August. Like, they are just – they get themselves very re- – if you look at their records in September since about 2016, in fact, since 2016, so starting in 2017 – They've lost one game in September. They just they don't lose. They're always prepared, and they just come out and they just rifle through these games, and they start out pretty well in Arizona. 
we could foreshadow a little bit too as well game thursday night chiefs chargers kicking off the uh the era of the nfl on prime video with al michaels and kirk Herbstreit. it's gonna be a fun game both teams look yep. very in tune offensively justin herbert was on one himself um the chargers beating the las vegas raiders um that's going to be a fun one to kick off, you know, this kind of new era of Thursday night football, both teams. Herbert looked fantastic. He was spreading the ball around. Keenan Allen did get a little bit dinged up. I'm not sure about his status. I don't know if he he's, he's, he's very it. unlikely to play on Thursday. Oh, no, there you go. Um, I'm assuming that you expect Kansas City to win this game, but uh, in terms of what could go down, what, uh, what do you, what, what do you think is going to I don't know that I expect them to win. I, 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 look, I'm going to pick them to win by a field goal. I mean, I think that's about – Right, like if this game was in LA, I might go the other way. I, I think it's a very interesting game. I think McDuffie being out for the Chiefs for the next month hurts. Um, but they actually drafted this kid in the seventh round, Jalen Watson, who's played really, really well and who played really well in the second half of Arizona. So he'll he'll play plenty. Uh, I think they'll be okay there unless they get another injury at corner. But Keenan Allen being out is a, is a real difference maker, obviously. Like without him, I think for the Chiefs, you just double Mike Williams. And basically say beat us anywhere else, beat us. And if Austin Eckler has ten catches for eighty yards, who cares? Make it beat us anywhere else, and on third down, try to choke Eckler off with the linebackers. Maybe even bring up a safety. Um, that's that's not easy. They have a great offensive line. Herbert's awesome. Eckler's great. Williams is great. Palmer's an up and coming guy. Carter had a good game for them as a as a you know uh, starter of the season in in L.A. against the Raiders. But, yeah, do I think the Chiefs are a better team? I think the Chiefs are a deeper team. I think the Chiefs just have more guys they can go to. They have, I mean, that was the one thing against Arizona. They had nine guys with catches. They had four guys with touchdowns. Edward Zolaire had two touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco had a rushing touchdown. You know, they, they just – they bludgeon you with a million different guys. Your old friend, Juju, had six catches and 79 yards. Like, they, they you know, MVS, Hardman, Sky Moore. All, so – that's going to be the question I have with the Chargers. Can can you cover all of them? Because you're going to have to. And you're going to have to get pressure. If the Chargers can get pressure with Mack and Bosa, they have a real shot to win the game. If they can't, I think it's a real uphill battle. And I think if you're the Chiefs, your whole game plan is get the ball out quick and let guys run after the catch. Speaking of Khalil Mack, I mean, kind of a poetic justice for him, sealing the deal yep. for the Chargers. Um Bad day for Derek Carr. Three interceptions um, in the, the first game with Josh McDaniels as head coach. You and I, I we saw pretty eye to eye on this. I didn't see much from the Raiders just because of that division. I think that they're the, the most shallow team in terms of having almost no depth in that division, especially on the defensive side of the ball. For sure. Um, I don't know to, to to expect from them going forward. I mean, I don't think Derek Carr is going to be three interceptions every week, but you got to have you know the the ability to overcome that. Uh, granted, you know, they fought their way back into the game. It came down to the last drive. Um, but I don't know, man. Vegas is a, a team that I'm still, you know, just not high on. I agree with you. But, I, you know, I will say this. that That is kind of an interesting thing to go from the Chargers-Chiefs game to the Raiders. The Chargers were plus three in the turnover battle. Carr threw all three of them were bad picks. All three of them were balls that he shouldn't have thrown. The, the Chargers are plus three. Herbert's great in the game. You have six sacks, and you're, like, barely holding on to two minutes left. Like, why? Like, why don't, why don't you win that game by two touchdowns? Why don't you win by 17 points? Weird. Like, that's the thing about the Chargers are just the goddamn weird team. But with the Raiders, the Raiders need Carr to play very, very well. And if he doesn't, they're screwed because they can't block and their defense isn't good. 
So you need desperately for Carr to have games where he throws for 300 yards and he doesn't turn the ball over and Adams gets involved. And Adams was great against the Chargers. Yeah, he was. And then you have Renfro and then you have you have Waller and you need those guys to be great because if they're not great, that team's not good. Um, they have a huge game against the Cardinals this week, one of them so and two. So, you know, that's a game I think the Raiders, by the way, will win. I think they'll find a way. But it's going to be interesting. I could also see that game being 38-35. Um, the Raiders don't have an offensive line. I think that's what's going to kill them in this division. They just can't block. And all these other teams in the AFC West, they can all get a pass rush. And so, I, you know, when you can't block and you have, I think, the, the lesser of the four quarterbacks in the division, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I think they're talented. If they were in the AFC South, I think they'd win the division. But they're not. They're in the AFC West. We can wrap up the, the AFC West with whatever in the hell the final minute of Broncos Seahawks was. Like The thing for me when it comes to Denver is that you put all your eggs in the Russell Wilson basket. Yes. Last minute, get the ball back. This is why you traded for him. And with a minute left, it's fourth and five. You let the clock wind down to 20 seconds and kick a field goal from Spokane. Like, yes. what was the point of all of that? If you're done, I mean, they came out flat to begin with on both sides of the ball. I mean, Gino drove them down, drove Seattle down right away, throws the touchdown. Now, granted, Alex Singleton did get a great pressure up the middle on the Gino Smith touchdown pass. He just kind of over pursued. Right. Um, but regardless, I mean, Russell looked flat to start, uh, didn't get Cortland Sutton involved right away. Obviously, he kind of, you know, had his moments throughout uh, later on in the second half. Uh, but Denver going into uh, against a team in Seattle who many were expecting to be vying for the first overall pick. Now we're talking about, okay, what's wrong with the Denver Broncos? What is wrong with the Denver Broncos right now? And talk about that, uh, that decision by Nathaniel oh, Hackett. In a lot, uh, based off week one, if you want to base everything off that, they took a million penalties. And I've, if I have to hear one more person say, well, you know, if they didn't fumble twice to the one-yard line, they would have, yeah, well, they did fumble twice to the one-yard line. That, that's the problem. <laughs> like, oh, well, it's avoidable. Okay, well, it was avoidable on Monday, too. They still did it. I mean, I, you know, give me, like, what are we talking about? Also, by the way, if you want to play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game, the Seahawks had a fourth and one inside the Denver 10 yard line. They didn't get early in the game. Yeah. And on top of that, they fumbled the ball in their own territory, giving Denver great field position that led the points. And on the throw that Wilson made, his biggest throw of the night to Judy, touchdown pass down the left sideline, he should have been picked. That was an awful throw. That ball was underthrown by eight yards. And Judy had the guy so cooked that he was still able to catch the ball and then run to the end zone. And then Wilson later in the game threw another ball to Diggs in the back of the end zone. That was like a punt yeah. that he caught and he dropped. I mean, that's 17 points for Denver. That's a swing of 17 points. So I thought it was a sloppy game on both sides in a lot of ways. Um, but to me, it all, it all comes down to the end of that game, which I, I can't begin to tell you, and I said this all on my own podcast, I couldn't begin to tell you like, what the hell they were doing. I, I don't know why. You have 50 seconds. You call time out there. If you pick up five yards, you get a fresh set of downs with what? 45 seconds, 48 yeah. seconds, and two timeouts. You're fine. You could easily run another four or five plays and, it, and either get closer or, okay, if you can't get any closer, well, then at least you're closer than 64 yards. And then Denver lets it run all the way down. And what gets lost is McManus kicks the field goal, but Seattle calls timeout. He misses by a mile to the left. Yeah. I thought for sure, like, all right, they're going to rethink this now. Nope. 
right back out there. <laughs> and to be Mattis's credit, he actually made a very good kick. He just barely missed it. Um, my problem, as you kind of alluded to earlier, you did allude to earlier, Nathaniel, you just your team just paid this man $242 million. He is signed till he's 40. You traded multiple first, multiple seconds. Shelby Harris, who's a real player. Noah Fant, who's a real player and a young player. You traded all that so that you could sit there and neuter him at the 46-yard line on fourth and five and kick a field goal? I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like that, that concerns me. Like, if, look, if Hackett had a bad game plan going into the game, that happens, okay? He makes a bad play call on third and nine. It happens. That kind of stuff is Pop Warner stuff. Like, you don't know to go for it there and get yourselves closer. That's If I'm a Broncos fan, that scares the hell out of me. That's like, does this guy know any kind of situational football? What is that? That was by far the most dumbfounding thing I saw the entire weekend. Who does Denver play going into week two? I don't have the schedule in front of me. They play so they the schedule's actually advantageous. They play Houston at home. And then in week three, Sunday night football home against the Niners. I mean, those are two games that they should I, I would expect them the to Houston win. game they should win, and the, the Niners, I don't know what they take from the quarterback, but, yeah, they could certainly win that game. Their schedule in the first half is the easiest schedule in football. In the okay. second half, it's the hardest schedule in football. Fun fact there for the Denver Broncos. And we're going to touch Better more on the – we're going to touch more on the 49ers-Bears game as we transition, but um, let's talk about the game that aged me by 25 years yesterday – or Sunday, excuse me um, – in terms of my I'm life, not to interrupt you, uh, Hack, Hackett, according to Ryan O'Halloran, who uh, covers the Denver uh, Broncos for the Denver Post, mm-hmm. uh, they're doing a presser right now. Hackett, quote, we definitely should have gone for it, end quote. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Better late than never. Welcome to the party. Okay. Uh, at least he's now on board. Right. <laughs> what in the hell are you? Like, that is brutal. All right, that's bad. All right. So, in terms of my life as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that was the most insane thing I've ever watched. Like, obviously, the Super Bowl against Arizona was on a higher stage and it meant more. But in terms of just pure what in the actual hell is happening, that game's Mika Fitzpatrick, first of all, is a god among men for that defense right now. Yeah. Um, this kind of, I mean, you touched on a little bit with the Chargers. The Steelers won the turnover battle five to nothing. They had seven sacks against Joe Burrow. And it took a blocked extra point, a missed kick in overtime, a missed kick of their own in overtime, getting the ball back by bad clock management by the yeah. Bengals because they punted with 15 seconds still on the play clock, a once in a lifetime behind his head falling backwards catch by Deontay Johnson. And a prayer of a kick from Chris Boswell to win the game on the last second of overtime to win that game. Yeah. Um, so. Really- oh, and by the way, TJ Watts out minimum six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Real easy analysis of this game. I watched every snap of it live. I was infuriated as I had to sit there and continue to watch it as they wouldn't go to the Chiefs Cardinals game because I had to watch the <laughs> overtime. So a few real clear ones for you. Mitch Trubisky stinks. Okay, I, I don't even need to waste five seconds of anybody's time or insult anybody's intelligence. He stinks. The sooner they move on from him, the better. Now, 
He also is not helping the fact their offensive line stinks. I was going to say, to your but own he, argument about the offensive line. Like, he stinks. Their offensive line stinks. Their weapons are good, but it doesn't matter because of the first two statements. So you're stuck in this hell where Trubisky has to constantly be in second and medium or third and short, or, or it's absolutely the seventh circle of Dante's Inferno. Okay? They have, they have no chance to complete anything more than like six yards at a clip. So you have an offense that gets five turnovers, plays a 70-minute game, and scores 16 points because they just can't move. They have one touchdown. That all said, on the flip side, the defense was incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, turnover after turnover, seven sacks. Highsmith was great. I mentioned him in my column this week. He was awesome. He had three sacks. Three sacks, yep. I, I say everything about the Steelers' offense. Here's a fun prediction for you. Do you know who those next three games are? Uh, it's going to be home opener against New England, then yep. Thursday night against the Browns, and then the New York Jets. They'll be 4 and up. I, all right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about the Jets game. Mike Tomlin historically up and down against the Jets. Last time they played in Is New that York, game at home? that game I want to say it's at home. They'll smoke the Jets. They're I would like to think so. Last time they played the Jets, though, 2019 was um, I believe it was the first of their three consecutive losses when they were eight and five uh, with Mason and Duck, and uh, they were beat by the New York Jets in New York. And prior to that, last time they played the Jets, Michael Vick beat them. So. I mean, that, not a that's great fine. track record. That has nothing to do with any of these guys on this team now. <laughs> Look, I, they're they're going to win. They're, they're at least three and one. I think they'll be four and out. Uh, yeah, I think worst case scenario, something happens and they're two and two. I can't see them losing the three straight here. Jacoby, so, I mean, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett threw for 4.3 yards in attempt and less than 150 yards against uh, Carolina. He is, he is awful. Awful. Okay? Uh, who, who do you think's worse right now, Trubisky or Brissett? Brissett. There we go. That's quite uh, the statement after that little tirade you just went on about Mr. So because I, you know what, like Steelers Nation, which I have a lot of respect for Steelers fans because I think they're great fans. But this idea that like, well, no, they're going to resurrect. No, they're not. He's not good. Just stop. Like he's not. Just accept that he's not good. It's like Roethlisberger last year. You and I had this conversation for two years. It's always about Matt Canada, and like I'm not. I'm not here to tell you Matt Canada is good, but you know. He has no chance. What is he supposed to do with this team? Air it out like he's got fouts back there? Like, what is he supposed to do with them? <laughs> they can't block anybody, and the quarterback's terrible. Like, so, look, but, the, but what matters is whether they win or lose games. I think they're going to win these next three games. New England's got a worse offense than Pittsburgh. New England's by a, by a mile. New England doesn't have one weapon on that team that scares you. And no. Matt Patricia's coaching it. So I'm out on them completely. Do you know what Mac Jones, knew what his QBR was? Oh, I know it was bad. Was nine. nine. Oh, my God. Right? Nine. So he – Matt, you and I could see it up and put up nine. If, I think I honestly think if you throw the ball on the ground every play, it's like 13 or something. So that's nine. So, he's, so that's them. That's the Pats. The Browns, if you stop them from running the ball and get them in any kind of second and third and long, that, that's a wrap. They can't score a point. And the Jets are horrible. So I'm looking at these games and saying, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to win the next – Three games. Now, I don't know that I think Pittsburgh's good, but I will say this for them. They will play defense, and they will be well-coached. That team will not beat itself. They'll stay in the mix. Now, on the flip side, let's call a spade a spade. That is a god-awful loss by Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I mean, as bad as it gets. You turn the ball over five times. You get sacked seven times. You somehow still overcome all this crap. Burrow leads them down the field. 
they hit a touchdown on, the, on basically the last play of regulation. Yeah. All they need to do is kick an extra point. It gets blocked. Then they get back down there. They need a 29-yard field goal, and he Shit missed shot. it by 100 feet. to the like. That's one of those games. Like, if the Bengals ever missed the playoffs this year by a game, that's the game you look back and go, oh, my God. I mean, how could you possibly lose? Now, they catch a break this week because they play Dallas. And Dallas starting Cooper Rush at quarterback. Right. So you're going to win that game unless you completely fall apart. But horrible, horrible loss for Cincinnati. And for Pittsburgh, it's great. I mean, for, if you're Pittsburgh now, even if you just win two of the next three, you're three and one. Three and one. So great. The thing with the Bengals, I mean, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis kept referring to it is the fact that they had, you know, their backup tight end as their long snapper. And I, I understand that to an extent. I mean, there, there's a there's a chemistry there, but yeah, that's a heartbreaker. Um, a lot a lot of plays made. And we we touched on it already for the Steelers. Um, a lot of new pieces on that side of the ball too, and we saw one of them will work when. Everybody and their mother in that stadium knew that the ball was going to Jamar Chase on the last play, and Akella Weatherspoon is playing off coverage. I, I don't, I, I don't know what to really say about that, or at least give him more help on that side, yeah. not just one on one against one of the best receivers in football. So, definitely a lot of things to clean up. But defensively, man, they were stout. Offensively, uh, as a Steelers fan, and, and the national media loves them some Najee Harris. He's a great dude. I love Najee Harris, but. How much of a factor he had 23 yards, Matt. Chase Claypool was their leading rusher on Sunday. He was. Like how how much of a factor is he really gonna be if he's that's what Mason Cole got hurt, although I think they said that his he'll be coming back soon. Their best offensive lineman went down. So I don't know. Like this is as as great as Najee Harris can be, more and more you look at that draft and say, May they should have gone lineman. I'll tell you what, and they won't do it because it's just not who they are, which is fine. I understand that. If they get to 4-0, I'd call up the Niners and trade for Garoppolo. I would. I'd, I'd, I'd put a real quarterback on that team. And go, you know what? We're 4-0 with a great defense. He's, a re- he's an actual NFL quarterback, and we're making the playoffs with him and maybe even winning a game. Like, are they going to beat Buffalo? No. Are they going to beat Kansas City? No, probably not. But, like, could they, could they beat Baltimore in a playoff game with Garoppolo? Yeah, probably could. I mean, could they beat the Chargers in a playoff game? I think they could. The Chargers are the Chargers until proven otherwise. So, I mean, I, like, if I'm them, I'm, I'm either doing that or I'm just giving the ball to Pickett and just saying, look, kid, we drafted in the first round for a reason. Now, if you really don't want to play him because this line's just terrible or whatever, fine, then trade for Garoppolo. Give him a fifth-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I don't know if he's going to be available because Trey Lance, you know, doesn't play well and, and maybe they don't, they don't even make him available, but – I think about it. I just think if you're Pittsburgh, like you're going to waste his defense and this coaching on, on like on, on Mitch Trubisky going out there and throwing for five yards a clip. I mean, what, what good is that? It's a waste of everybody's time. I'm going to clip that, and I can't wait to tweet it for all these 49ers media and fans that follow me just to get a hold of it. And it's going to be great. Can't wait. You know what? For somebody who was – Garoppolo wasn't obviously, as a Steelers fan, my first choice. It wasn't my last – Better than Trubisky. Now, I'm going to add real quick, too, with the Bengals game. This is about Cincinnati. Sure. Like, I know you had a backup long snapper in. That's not an excuse. Execute it. The Chiefs had Justin Reed kicking off and kicking extra points. And you know what they did? Everything right. Kicked the extra point right through the uprights. He was, he was bombing touchbacks. They had a safety kicking for them. And it was like, that's fine. 
Didn't matter. The Bengals, you would assume they've had this guy take some snaps in practice. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I, that kind of stuff, the attention to detail, is so important in the NFL because this isn't baseball. Or if you blow some game in the eighth inning, all right, well, whatever, there's 161 more to go. In football, that could be the division. That that could be the playoffs. Like, you don't know. I I was shocked at how ill-prepared Cincinnati appeared to be with this long staffing situation. Staying in the AFC North, though, because Lamar Jackson looked good with his arm. One of the better passes of the weekend, uh, in my opinion, to Devin DuVernay in the end zone for a touchdown, hit Rashad Bateman on a deep touchdown. Baltimore started off that game slow, finished its strong 24-9 win over the Jets. Um, I th- if I'm not mistaken, did you pick Baltimore to win the division? I know you and I talked about this. I picked both Cincinnati and Baltimore to win 12 games and for Baltimore to win the division. Or Cincinnati to win the division. Cincinnati okay. to win the division. Looking at that, I mean, I know it's the Jets. I know that you know New York is in a state of flux as they usually are, but yes, yes. Lamar's playing for that contract. His arm is clearly you know continuing to progress. Um, Baltimore, man, they could be a real player. I think Baltimore's really good. I, I felt that way all year. I, I think they're really underrated. They're, they're, they were very injured last year. Um, I don't see, but I actually have a weird take about them with the check. I don't think they played well against the Jets at all. Yeah. They, it was a weird start. A very Every, weird everybody, start. Everybody's going crazy because Lamar threw this deep ball to Bateman. And it's like, look, Bateman was open by 20 yards. Yeah. Yeah. That, mean, that, that's, that's like, fair. What, like, let's not like, come on. Like it's, it's almost like there are certain guys in the league that the media loves to just go crazy. Like if any little oh, thing yeah. happens, and it's like, look, look, there's a lot of stuff with Lamar to actually be like legitimately excited about and praise him throwing a deep ball to Rashad Bateman. Who's open by a zip codes worth. Like it's not like who cares? <laughs> like you don't think any other quarterback in football could have made that throw. I mean, of course, of course they would have and could have. So um, I did not like that. The Ravens couldn't run the ball. I don't like that they're already hurt again. Kyle Fuller's now out for the year. Juwan James yeah, is out goal. for the year. You know, kind of like David Bakhtiari in Green Bay, I'm worried about Stanley in Baltimore. Are these guys ever coming back? I mean, you're talking a long time now. A long time these guys have been hurt and with real serious injuries. Um, I like Baltimore a lot. I will say this. I like Baltimore a lot in the regular season. Yeah. The playoffs are a whole nother deal with them because when you get in the playoffs – Teams really hone in, and they say, and you're going to play the best of the best. And they're going to say, tell Baltimore every time, you're not running the ball. You're not running the ball. You're going to have to throw it to beat us. And I look at them and say, if you double Mark Andrews, then what? Where else are you going? And don't tell me Rashad Bateman. Yep. So it's the same reason I think the Colts in the playoffs will be one and done because they have <laughs> Michael Pittman and nobody else. Like, you've got to be able to throw the ball in the AFC, and you've got to be able to get a pass rush. Baltimore can do the latter. I don't think they can do the former. Let's switch conferences because um, Green Bay, second straight year, they just look completely outclassed, unprepared in week one. Yep. Uh, obviously, last year losing 38-3 to the Saints in Jacksonville. At this point last year, you and I were bitching and moaning because everybody was declaring Jameis an MVP candidate, and we were just pissed off. Uh, now, you know, a team that I was high on coming into the year, the Vikings, just put a shellacking on them. Justin Jefferson looks great. Kirk Cousins played really well. Zadarius Smith was all over the place. Um, is this more the Vikings being legit or Green Bay being unprepared? I think a little of both. Um, Minnesota, I like this year as a double-digit win team. I think Kevin O'Connell coming in there is going to bring that offense out of the out of the Stone Age a little bit. Um, and they did that. Justin Jefferson had a huge game. 
on the flip side, and I wrote, I led with my column, stacking the box with this. The Packers have got to accept that they're not who they once were. They are not a team that's just going to throw the ball and throw the ball and throw the ball and throw the ball. And then, hey, by the way, occasionally we'll sprinkle something else in. They've got to be a physical team. They've got to be a team that leads with a little bit more defense. They've spent seven first-round picks on this current group defensively. They've spent $50 million on Devondre Campbell, who's a free agent linebacker. They've spent money to keep Rasul Douglas, free agent corner. You brought in, you brought in Jerron Reed, D-tackle. Like you, you have so many resources on defense. You better lead with your defense. And Aaron Rodgers should be able to make six high-level throws a game. And otherwise, you run the ball and you play smart football and you beat teams 24 to 17. And that's fine. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. And I, and by the way, I, I, I'm still sticking with them. But I, you, need to be, you need to be willing to play different. And by the way, as well, Aaron Rodgers has got to stop with – I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. Go ahead, Aaron, yeah. Fine. Aaron Rodgers has to stop with his bullshit. Stop blaming everybody else and being like, stop being a bad teammate, man. Like, just you know what? You want to rip guys privately. You want to go in a meeting room. You want to say what you got to say. That's cool. That's fine. Guys understand that. Christian Watson dropped the pass. I'm sure the guy feels awful about it. You know what? Like, he doesn't need you being out in the media bitching and moaning about every single thing that went wrong and why. You know, look, just be accountable. Stand up there. Take it on the chin and correct it behind closed doors. He has this thing where he's got to make sure everybody in the world knows it's not him. It's not him. It's Aaron. We all, we get it. Everybody knows it's not you, bud. Like, go out, play football, and everybody can see that Christian Watson dropped the pass and the receivers weren't getting as open as you'd like him to. But the Packers have to fix this. If they play the Bears on Sunday Night Football, they're probably going to smoke them. Then they play the Bucks. And so that'll be a real test because Tampa defensively looked very good. Offensively, they looked very mediocre. But, you know, look, Tampa's a good team. That was a very good team. So the Packers, I do think, need to just accept it. It's a little bit of an identity change. You know, they, they traded away Devontae Adams. And, you know, people kept correlating that to Kansas City with Tyreek Hill. There's one difference. The Chiefs still have Travis Kelsey. Like, the Packers don't have Travis Kelsey. So you, you've got to accept an identity change. The Chiefs also went out and signed Juju and MVS. And, they, you know, like, the Packers didn't do any of that. Now you can you can blame Gutekunst. You could say, hey, should have, but they didn't. And so they've got to change their identity a little bit. They've got to accept that. I thought against Minnesota, they didn't want to accept who they are. You know, one of the better running back tandems in football that just kind of flies under the weather because they're not used in terms of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, they're great. So we'll see what happens with Green. Now, I don't care what the line is. I mean, I, I think the Packers are winning by 80 against the Bears, a team that Aaron Rodgers has historically owned. They're coming off – one of the, a throwback game, if you will. I mean, we kick off week one in a mud bowl of sorts in Chicago. Yeah. Um, early 10 nothing deficit that the Bears overcome. Justin Fields, touchdown pass to Equinemia St. Brown late in the game. We give him the lead. Khalil Herbert scores after a Trey Lance interception thrown to Eddie Jackson. Um, for 49ers fans, I mean, you look a lot of them were just being able to pencil in Trey Lance as being immediately better than Jimmy Garoppolo and how this team is going to be worlds better than what it was last year. You can pencil them in for a 13 win season and a trip to the Super Bowl. And now, you know, I understand it was in a monsoon, but the Bears also played in that same monsoon and they overcame a 10 point deficit and they didn't, you know, have however many yards and penalties. 49ers looked undisciplined, they looked sloppy and there's a lot if you're Trey Lance having, I mean, we talked about him already having Jimmy Garoppolo breathing down your neck probably isn't great, 
but that's a game that you got to win. Yeah, they played off. I get that they basically played in Lake Michigan, but I mean, you got to. I, I, I care about the weather, but I don't care. Everybody played in it. Yeah. You're the better team. You got to win that game. Now, do I think that the weather really hampered them? Sure. Didn't have Kittle. But like, come on, you're playing the Bears. It's the same way I feel about Denver. The other, like, come on, I mean, you, you can't win that game. Can't find a way to gut that one out. I, I mean, that that's that's a brutal loss for the Niners. Uh, no, I think they got more play than Denver. Who I, I think Denver is already fighting uphill in that division. But I mean, it, you know, it's 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 a bad loss. Um, and Trey Lance, let's let's be real. I mean, how much rope does he have here? I don't know. They play Seattle this week. If he doesn't play well against Seattle, is he starting week three against Denver? I, I don't know if he does. Look, I, I don't care what the Niners say. Actions speak louder than words. The fact that they kept Garoppolo on that team tells you everything you need to know about at least it, some of their thoughts about Trey Lance. I'm not saying they don't believe in him, that they don't think he's going to be good. It at least tells you that they're concerned that he's not going to be good. Because right. if they thought he was going to be great, Jimmy Garoppolo would not be on that team right now. And- that was the weirdest thing of the offseason. We expected Garoppolo to be the first domino to fall. Instead, he's the domino that didn't fall, and he stayed with the with the team that he was on the previous season. Um, not to, I mean, the back end of their schedule, I don't know if you've seen it. It's not easy, especially the final, like, weeks 13 to 18. Yep. Um, back-to-back games against both Los Angeles teams thrown in there. I mean, Arizona isn't going to be a slouch. Any of those division games, you know, are never easy. <sighs> I, I just don't know what to like. They're good defensively. We know Nick Bose is great. What, what what are we supposed to make of a 49ers team who, you know, goes into, into Soldier Field and just lays an egg? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out as the weeks go on. I think the Niners are really talented, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the quarterback. And if the quarterback's not good, none of the rest of it matters. So I, I will say this. It is week one, and it was played in the monsoon. Okay. I, I mean, I would, I would caution – any week one game, the, the only real thing I took out of week one is the Bills and the Chiefs are really fucking good. Okay? Yeah, man. Which I don't think was any huge secret, at least. I, I, certainly the Bills. Maybe some people were surprised by Kansas City. I was not one of them. Um, and the other thing I have is, is Nathaniel Hackett might be a little over his skis. I mean, honestly, like, that is such a mind-numbing decision. And then to come out today and be like, you know, looking back, we probably should have. She got, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Really, you think? Like, so that – other than that, I mean, what else? Like, I don't, I don't take anything away like concrete from week. It's just too early. Teams change every. I, I mean, I remember plenty of games in week ones over the years. You're like, oh my god, look at this team. And then like, I mean, hell, last year Carolina was three and zero, and people are like talking about Sam Darnold and how great he. How's that going? Doing two and twelve. That, that felt like a personal attack. Um, but uh, I'll let it. I'll let. I'll let you it go. You, you did what you did. I did do what I did. I was very much I – was, I wasn't just on the Sam Darnold hype. I was conducting the Sam Darnold hype train. I was so ready, so happy for Sam Darnold, and then it fell apart. Sam Darnold's not good. Speaking of quarterbacks that you don't like, you thought that I was going to let you get out of a show without tar- talking about the Washington Commanders. Um, here, You like stats. So do I. Here's a stat for you. Uh, for the first time since the day he tore his ACL against the Rams, Carson Wentz had four touchdowns in a game as he led the Commanders – to victory over Jacksonville. Uh, Jahan Dotson had a big game. Uh, I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people. Going to be kind of a sleeper for offensive rookie of the year. I really enjoy him. Defensively, like, I don't know, man. 
I was high on the commanders coming into the year. Carson threw two two interceptions on back-to-back plays, and he was making me look like an idiot very briefly. Um, we'll see. I'm still still high on the commanders, still high on Carson Wentz and uh, where this team seems to be going. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I, I'm not getting <laughs> credit for winning against Jacksonville at home. But like, I don't know, man. Carson Wentz has a unique ability to – make you think you can make a pro bowl and also think about benching him for the rest of his career on back-to-back plays. It's impressive. He's a guy. He's been on three teams for three and three years for a reason. Yeah, I know. Um, they played Detroit this weekend in Detroit. They might win. We'll see. They might lose. Or actually, if they're an underdog. Um, I, I think the commander's dogs in that game. Yeah. By two and a half points. Oh, um, well, I'm going to bet the hell out of that. Yeah. Well, have fun. Um, I will. I, I just – I don't know. I, I think Washington is an average team. I think they're an average team. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're terrible. I just think they're kind of whatever. By the way, the most perplexing line of the week for me is that your your team is a one-and-a-half-point dog to New England at home. Matt, I don't bet on the Steelers. I, I, I just don't understand. Like, how? And I, and I just finished my whole thing earlier about how I think Trubisky's awful. Has anyone watched New England? This entire summer, like I, I don't understand how anybody could possibly look at that and feel like, yeah, that's good. It's good. Let's take that. The only time I recall betting on the Steelers is when they played Tennessee 2020. Both teams were undefeated. I bet them to cover then because I think that they were dogs in that game. Um, I don't do it just because obviously I'd be betting with my heart. The fact that they're underdogs in that game is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. What I, I, in the actual hell? Um, but yeah, as far as Washington goes, yeah, I man, I think they're going to win like seven or eight games. Which is better than my original prediction, but now that Cooper Rush is involved, I'll say seven eight. Games. Yeah, I was gonna say they get a game against Dallas that Cooper yep. Rush is likely to start, so that yep. definitely helps out their case. Um, Eagles win in that division as well. They kind of made it closer than it needed to be. Yep. Um, we'll see with Detroit. Not, there's not another team. I don't think that outside of you know being a Steelers fan, I'm rooting hard for the Lions, man. Rooting hard for them. They played played strong, especially to be able to. You know, mount the comeback in the first place. You take away a tipped pick six, it's a different game. Yeah. Listen, you know, Detroit's fun. I like Dan Campbell, not just because he's a character. I think he's an, I honestly think he's a good coach. Um, and I, I like what they're trying to build. They need a quarterback and they need more defensive help. And if they get those two things, it could be really interesting in a year or two. Never Durant, what do you got going on this week? Too much. Uh, I have, uh, let's see, Stack the Box, the podcast went up today. It's on YouTube. You check it out, Stack the Box, uh, the channel, or just on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen to. Um, I have my quarterback rankings coming out tomorrow morning, every Wednesday during the season. I have my power rankings out today. Check that out on fanside.com or on Twitter. I have my NFL picks coming out on Thursday. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know if anybody listening to this is a Chiefs fan, but uh, I also, while I do national stuff for Fanside, they also asked me to, Moonlight is a, kind of a little bit of a Chiefs insider, uh, specific to them on the side. And so I will be doing plenty of Arrowhead Attic stuff, um, which you can check out on the Arrowhead Attic YouTube page as we uh, close in on Thursday Night Football with the Chiefs and the Chargers on Amazon. I always love talking to you, buddy. I always appreciate you giving me time. Um, even if I, I take up you know, six minutes of it talking about Carson Wentz every time that, uh, that, that you bless me with your presence. It's a necessary evil. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. Do this soon. Um, looking forward to seeing all the stuff that you do. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. All right, buddy. That is my good buddy, Matt Verderan, fan-sided. Uh, obviously a crazy week. 
crazy week to kick off the year. That's been a lot of fun. As we go into week two, Chiefs Chargers. That's going to be a great game. That's going to be fun. Um, if we're lucky, if we've learned anything, by the way, from week one, it's to bet the under. A lot of like lower scoring games and games that we expected to be, you know, more shootout like. And the only one that you know, Chiefs Cardinals has a lot of points, but it was very one sided. So looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. Let's see where this goes as the uh, NFL season continues to roll along. Excited, man. Very excited. Um, so what we're going to do, get out of here. Um, power rankings coming later on in the night on Twitter. Um, so follow along for that. Um, best bets, 10 and 6 against the spread this week on tally sites. So uh, keep up with that as well. All of this on Twitter at NFL. Follow me there. Looking forward to week two. Looking forward to Chargers Chiefs. We get it in two days and then a good week two slate of games. We'll be back later on in the week on Thursday, actually, to give updated power rankings if you miss it on Twitter. And then preview week two. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll give you the best bets on Thursday as we go into Sunday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, however you're listening oh, and or watching. This is the Pump Fake, part of the Believe Network. See you Thursday as we preview Chiefs Chargers and get into what's going to be a fun slate of games for week two. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.